Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. 15 minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will We're so glad you've joined us. Edwin, what's our text for today? Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. I am reading from the English Standard Version. But a man named Ananias with his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property, and with his wife's knowledge he kept back for himself some of the proceeds, and brought only a part of it, and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to man, but to God. When Ananias heard these words, he fell down and breathed his last, and great fear came upon all who heard of it. The young men rose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. After an interval of about three hours, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened, and Peter said to her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, Yes, for so much. But Peter said to her, How is it that you have agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. When the young men came in, they found her dead, and they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard of those things. You think? Well, I guess. (laughs) Great fear. Wow. Shocking. So here's the picture. Here's the picture. It's it's church time. You're dressed in your Sunday best. You're sitting there. You've sung the songs. The prayer has been prayed. And now they've passed the plate mm-hmm. and somebody drops dead. Mm-hmm. That's what's happening here. This is shocking. It is shocking. And what a tough job to be an usher in this church also. <laughs> <laughs> we pass baskets and, and, and then we get the shovels. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Wow. You just said that. We all heard it. It's just it's just a conversation. It's just you and me and the internet. What do you mean? Okay, let's 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 back up to some seriousness here though. It, it's it's really this is a sad scenario. It is shocking and it's sad. But here's the thing that I want to get to. This is completely different than what I think anyone would expect from the God of Christianity. Oh, no, I agree 100%. I remember being a kid and hearing this story and learning it and and being scared to death to see God strike out in wrath, uh, strike out in in temporal judgment. You see that more in the Old Testament. In fact, probably not as common, honestly, as people people make it out to be. Well, no, it's not. But you do see it in the Old Testament. And And then to see it here in the first days of the church... It, it's surprising and it's scary. Well, it's surprising and scary because we all thought that in that 400 years of silence, God converted and became a Christian. He's, oh, not, boy. Sp- he's not supposed to do that stuff anymore. And that brings up this idea. How many times, Andrew, in, in this conversation, these conversations, do we end up hitting these topics that are just super deep, way more than 15 minutes really allows for? But this this is one of them. Yeah. Because folks have the idea that there was the God of the Old Testament, right. and then there's the God of the New Testament. And the first thing, this is the shocking thing, I'll admit, this is the thing I don't want to say, is that what this account demonstrates is the God who judges, the God who did those things in the Old Testament is 
the God of the New Testament. Now, I, I don't want to back off from saying that because I'm ashamed of the God of the Bible at all, but because I know how people feel about that. I think about like your Richard Dawkinses and those guys who say some of the crazy, awful things they say about God. Yeah. How could God behave this way? This is the thing I want us to understand. And, and these are the things that folks like Richard Dawkins and the atheists of his ilk don't understand. And that is sin is just this serious. Sin is is just this bad. I'm going to piggyback on that to say as well that what the apostles have been contending for in these sermons that we've talked about in Acts chapter 2, in Acts chapter 3, is that it's absolutely the same God from the Old Testament to the New Testament. That all of these scriptures written that you know we call Old Testament, right? But all of these writings that go to this time and covenant that we call Old Testament were prophesying of these things fulfilled in Jesus Christ. It has to be the same God. So, you know, the, the deal about Old Testament God, New Testament God, these are our perceptions that we're dealing with. But the consistent God, his consistent plan, his consistent power is what the apostles have been preaching. And from that perspective, we ought not be shocked at a just God bringing judgment. And here's the thing that they've said. They've said this God who is bringing forgiveness and salvation, this is the God who was in the Old Testament who was planning for this. He was bringing this this whole time. The reason Jesus has come in is because that's what he was looking forward to. And it's almost like right here at the beginning of this covenant where forgiveness and grace has demonstrated the ultimate of his love by the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ, God wants us to understand right at the beginning, please, please don't miss this. I'm not saying you have permission to go sin. Right. Grace is not permission to go sin. Grace is permission to turn to God when you have sinned. Ananias and Sapphira have tried to take this as a liberty to sin. And again, God has said, sin is just that bad. It is just that serious. Also, when God is initiating a covenant, um, you, we see that he makes some, some dramatic lessons in the early going. Uh, you, you know, in the Old Testament. Yeah, when you go back to the Old Testament, I'm thinking about Leviticus chapter 10. The, right at the, the sons of the high priest, Nadab and Abihu, it's like the first day. They're actually doing all of their tabernacle services and burning the incense. And and they are struck dead at that time in front of everybody. I'm Here we have early days of the church, priesthood of believer. And these guys are trying to lie to God, the Holy Spirit. And, and an example is made. A hard lesson is taught. I'm going to go back to something you said a few minutes ago, and I, I appreciated it. And I think it's something that's missed. We have many stories kind of brought together in, not kind of, they are brought together in one book. Right. That we read and we can read them kind of all in a row. And if we're if we want, we could actually pick them out and find here's where Nadab and Abihu were struck. Here's where Korodathan and Abiram. Here's where Achan. Here's where Uzzah. Here's where Ananias and Sapphira. You read them all in a row and you have the idea that God was always zapping people, that that's mm. just the God of the Bible. He's this God that's always zapping people. That was five stories in thousands and thousands of years of history. God breaks into world history to make a demonstration, to teach a lesson about his covenants. Mm -hmm. But it's not, it's not that God was just always bringing this kind of wrath and judgment. But what it does do is at certain points in the history of God's interaction with, with his church, with Israel in the Old Testament, at certain points in that history, it's God letting us know 
This is how serious it is. This is why you need a savior. Because honestly, this should be happening all the time. And we should not be comfortable with God. You know, I, I like some of those, um, you know, the C.S. Lewis books and the Narnia books. And here is Jesus, and he is the picture of the lion, right? Oh, and you're going to say it, aren't you? He is not a tame lion. He is not a tame lion. One of the other aspects of this, I will admit it's shocking. And even when I intellectually grasp some of the reasons behind what happens here, I have to tell you there is actually something comforting in this shock. Because I am convinced if the God I believe in only ever acts the way I think he's going to act, Mm -hmm. if he only ever acts the way I expect him to act, if I can wrap my mind around everything he ever does, that's probably a God I made up. I think that's so insightful and true. The, yeah. the real God is going to behave in ways that shock me. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm going to be able to figure out after the fact why he did that. There's probably going to be plenty of times that even after the fact, even even when I know the whole story, I'm still scratching my head. I don't understand why God worked that way. But shouldn't I expect that from a real creator, universally sovereign God? Absolutely. It's it's the potter and the clay. And if I understand all of it, then then I'm the potter. But then the truth is, I'm the clay. I'm the clay. And the potter says, don't lie to me. Mm. <laughs> don't, don't lie. Don't lie to your brethren. And, of course, Paul's going to come back later and say that one of the things about this community is that we are supposed to speak truth to one another. And Ananias and Sapphira came right up against that. God is a shocking God. There are plenty of things. There are plenty of aspects of God that I'm not going to grasp, but that that right there really makes sense. And I think that covers a whole lot of questions. Jesus coming in the flesh, being God in the flesh, there are things about that I don't understand. Father, Son, and Spirit, the Trinity, there's there's clearly a threeness, but there is the oneness and One trying yeah. to understand that. There, These are things that I don't fully grasp. I'm not saying check your reason at the door, but just because he's God, it doesn't matter. But I am saying it's comforting to know that, well, I believe in a God that is actually believable because he's beyond what I would make up or even could make up. He is believable and he is true. And while some things may be difficult to understand, they are not lies. They are not falsehoods. Absolutely. Let's pray to that God. Father in heaven, thank you so much for loving us, for sending your son to die for us. We admit it. There are accounts and stories like that of Ananias and Sapphira that that give us struggle, that give us pause. Not 100% sure why you have acted in that way here or in other times, and yet we can recognize sin is just that bad. And what I'm thankful for is that I know I have sinned just like that. And what happened to Ananias and Sapphira is what should have happened to me a hundred times over. And yet you have been gracious, and you sent your son Jesus to wash my sins away. And I know, Father, that With Ananias and Sapphira, you, the judge of all the earth, have done and will do what is right. And I know that you will do that with me, with Andrew, and with everyone who is listening. We are very thankful for your son, Jesus. Today, we want to live walking, holding his hand. And we ask that you would strengthen us to be able to do that. We love you so much, Father. Thank you for loving us first. It's through your son, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. 
You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day. How many times in this do we end up getting into these big, deep topics that we just don't have time to cover? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was that noise? I don't know. <laughs> Holy cow. Someone might have been peeling out of the parking lot. He is not a safe lion. Tame lion. No! Oh! You got the line wrong. He's let's, not a tame let's lion. Re- let's re-record this. <laughs> <laughs> Three, two, one. <laughs>